Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Bear with me for one second. We are connecting with Joel here. We're calling an audible today. Joel is not in his usual location. He is remote, so I'm just connecting with Joel right now, and uh, we'll be good to go. So, uh, so that's why we're a couple minutes late, but the show must go on. There you hear the phone ringing. We're going to connect with Joel via phone today, and we got Joel back. <laughs> Sorry, Joel, that was on me. That was on me. Good morning, Joel. Okay. Good morning, Dan. Live, live guest. Live guest, Joel Elkhart. your phone today because God knows where he is right now. Uh, good morning, everyone. You know what happened, I think, is Joel saw the sell-off overnight and freaked I think and so. just ran. I don't know where he ran to, but he ran somewhere. So uh, we're going to talk about the sell-off, why it happened. Don't, I'd be honest with you, I'm not really sure myself. Uh, we got Mark Chaikin on the show today. We got Peter Tuckman on the show today. We got some individual stock news on the show today. So a lot to get to. Uh, Joel, you want to update us best you can on what's going on oh here this morning? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my Lord. I cannot believe what's going on today. Of all days, we, the power went out yesterday, right? And my generator kicked on like a king. Going on, boom, 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 all night long. And then Lisa wakes me up. We wake up, 6 a.m., no internet. No internet. I'm not supposed to get back to 11 o'clock. So, Spencer, I'm on my old computer. I'm on my old (laughs) office computer. And uh, so I had to run over to my mother-in-law's house, reconfigure everything, forgot headphones, so I'm on my AirPods. (laughs) And then I turn on. And I think it's quotes from I don't know when. We're down, we're down sixty four handles at forty two eighty six. I don't have my level sheet. <laughs> you didn't even know what that until you got happened? over there. What, what happened? I, 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 we're trying to figure it out, uh, Joel. Because everybody, I look at the media and they say it's the ten year, the ten year. It's only one point two eight percent. It's the ten year, the ten year. Hey, CNBC. The 10-year yield has been dropping for weeks. It's not even down as much as it was yesterday. That's bullshit. (laughs) It's not the 10-year. Why was it not the 10-year yesterday? Why was it not the 10-year the day day before that? Because the 10-year yield has been dropping for weeks. It's not the 10-year. Give me a break. Stop with the bogus reporting over there. I don't know. I think there's a lot. There's If you lift up, we've been talking about the reopening trade, having a lot of trouble here over the course of the last, you know, month. Um, 
the variants are a concern, you know, and you were making yeah. the point Japan's got some problems here now. Yeah. Um, they're saying the Delta variant is now the dominant strain in the U.S. The reopening trade has gone to complete shit. So is this COVID related? I don't know if you can just say that, but this is everything is going to be okay. Crowded long related where everybody is just too bullish, too bullish. And some of that money's coming off. But if you've been watching the last few days, a lot of stocks have been going down. The indices making new highs. The only reason they've been making new highs is basically four stocks, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, Google. Those is what that's the, those are the stocks that have been holding up the indices. Without those, it's, it's like it would have been a really ugly day yesterday. It's like old times again, right? Yeah, like Roku was down like twenty bucks yesterday or twenty five bucks. Yeah. I mean, the markets were up, but you've got a lot of stocks that were trading down significantly. So there's a lot of things to be worried about here. Though the surprising thing is the timing because we're in a holiday trade. Um, it's been kind of quiet although yesterday we did see some collapsing of uh, like uh, some other stocks like i said like you know roku really getting hammered yesterday so you did see and and then the reopening trade has been getting hammered for weeks so there has been some you know the breadth has not been good i know jc was pointing it out too yesterday on twitter um so now you come in now they decide okay now nah, we just want out we're selling everything i don't know i mean this is now kind of if you look at the spy it looks like it's out of the blue though exactly. so joel i'm going to throw it to you on the levels here i mean boom it give a perspective we're just going back to where we were a week ago but it's a very sudden knee-jerk reaction here in the markets yeah let me uh like i said i i rushed out of the house this morning so i didn't even get to bring my level sheet with me uh which is not a good thing but um we're just falling. I mean, and just to give a, a perspective on things, we're we're back in in the range from last week. So you know, last week was an extraordinary week. We had seven days of new all time highs, new all time closing highs. So the market got a little bit ahead of itself. You're looking at things on a daily basis. We haven't even touched the low from th- well, yeah, we did. We hit Thursday's low. Uh, but the low from last week, we haven't even seen yet. Last week started on the, uh, what, the 25th. So we're not, we're, you know, we're, we're not even at the low from last week. We're, we're 60 handles. And actually, we're trading really at like um, a weekly number that I use. So it's just a little pullback from last week. Last week was extraordinary. So, boom, we're a little bit off. What the reason is, I, I, I don't know. I see... Uh, Chinese stocks are, are down again. Uh, I see the, the reopening trade. I'm, I'm going to blame it on COVID because I, if I can't find anything else, oh, it is. I think it is. I, that's it. It I, is. I, I, I mean, losing. we all thought, and Kramer was saying, this is going to be the roaring 20s. We're all going to come out of this and all go back and do our vacations and everything. What if that doesn't happen? What does that mean for American Airlines? What does that mean for Carnival Cruise Lines? I mean, the cruises are trying to cruise again, and they're getting cases. People might just be like, nah, I don't need to go on a cruise. Well, that's not good news for RCL. That's not good news for CCL. I mean, the reopening trade has completely stalled out. It, it, it stalled out a month ago, though. So money, money has been flying back in tech because that's what's working, what's what has been working until today. Now, today, we get, uh, okay, let's just move to cash. 
type of market. You got crypto down. The only thing up really this morning is gold. If I look at my up filter, uh, I got a thousand stocks I'm running there. I can literally see about 13 that are up. That's how red we are. Most of them are gold stocks. So, I mean, it's an ugly broad based sell-off here this morning. There's no doubt. Um, I, I don't know, like, to go and predict and say, okay, yeah, we got to buy this dip. I mean, this is day one of a knee-jerk reaction. I wouldn't be buying here, right? And maybe it just bounces back. I mean, I guess it depends on your time frame. Um, but I think if you had a, you know, a bounce back, which probably you, you maybe you do because there's a lot of people that like to buy the dip, I think you lighten up into that. If you're fully exposed to this market, which a lot of people are because we were making new highs yesterday, you got to lighten up and if you get a rally here off of this. But I don't know. It's a tough market to call. It, it's fun to trade, day trading, but to call this where we're going to be like next week or next month, nobody knows. Nobody I, knows. So I, as I an investor, uh, I'm probably not doing much with this need, with this big move here. If I had long swings, I'd be looking to rallies to get the hell out of them, though. I, I wanted to refer to what uh, Callie Cox from Ally invested on the show yesterday at 9 o'clock. We had... We, we, I couldn't believe it, but apparently we haven't had a 5% sell-off in like seven months. Like, we... It's been a very straight-up market. We've had a couple dips where we've had a few bad days, and maybe this is just another one of those. I mean, nothing goes straight up. There's always shakeouts. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure where we go from here. I just think it's a difficult market to call. I mean, we we, we, yeah. all, we also set a record for a number of new all-time highs in the first six months of a year, right? Or not a record. It's it's like a uh, the highest since 98, I think, the highest in, in, in 23 years, right? Uh, in terms of number of new all-time highs in the first half of the year. It's been an amazing year. Let's not, let's not forget that. So It's yeah. been good for a lot of stocks. I mean, you have multiple different types of trades. What I see, you know, in the markets, there's like, you know, there, there's been the tech trade, the growth trade, the value trade, the reopening trade, and then you got like the meme trade. This meme trade has been falling apart for the better part of a few weeks now, too. And the meme trade is just really falling apart. We've been talking about that for the last couple of weeks. I mean, you know, I think I'm going to get paid on my AMC bet here today. So I'll be expecting the dozen donuts here. I'll take the Tim Hortons donuts here, Spencer. Okay. But, but I mean... <laughs> You're sitting in here in these crowded longs. Like people want to say, oh, yeah, they're going to squeeze the shorts. You know who's getting squeezed on all these stocks is the longs. And there's, you know, GameStop. We've talked about that 200. It's just levels. They have to hold. If they don't hold them, you got to get the hell out. Diamond hands aren't what makes me your money in the long run. It's actually paper hands, cutting those losers. So <laughs> GameStop, 196, 197 was a key level of support. It broke that. Okay, you have no fundamentals to lean on. We know that. There's no valuation. There's no value trader coming in and, and coming to the rescue here. So all you have is the story and you have technicals. When GameStop loses 197, you got to say, okay, I got to cut out. When AMC loses 50, you got to say, okay, I got to cut out. It's a 40 on you now, two days later. So this is the type of market where, I mean, you've, it, it is trading technically. Um, you can trade anything technically. And when they break support and, you know, you don't have valuation to fall back on what we always talk about, like on, you know, certain stocks are like five, six percent dividends. You have value <laughs> investors that will come in and just buy the dip because it's there. But I mean, when you got stocks like AMC that are trading at absurd valuations, 
it gets ugly. And there's a lot of people who are just holding on there. And I mean, it's easy to hold long when your stock's going straight up. It's not so easy when it's going down. So, I mean, but it's not just AMC and GME. There's that Wish stock that I see, you know, littered in my littered in my social media stream continuously uh, by 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 certain people just trying to pump it back up. But that's you know not working. You know that those trades about, aren't working here. The, They're crowded uh, longs. What about the what about the Fed minutes from yesterday? Did they did they did that shake anybody up? But it, the market didn't sell off on it though, Joel. Yesterday, that's why you know, know. You, we're trying to we're grasping at straws trying to find the reason. But I it know. didn't even move on the Fed minutes. You know, we didn't even really move. This is overnight. <laughs> I don't. I, I think you just got a, a lot of different things to worry about here. So one, you got the COVID variant to worry about. Two, the reopening trade is not going that well. Three, you have a lot of people crowded into, you know, a lot of different stocks and it's crowded longs. So it's a shakeout. We got a good shakeout here. Am I selling my investment portfolio and going 100% cash? No. Um, am I buy actively buying the step? No, I need more information. I need more information. One, we're not even sure what the sell-off's about. And they're going to continue to say on CNBC it's a 10-year. And sure, you know, but why didn't they sell it, you know, yesterday when the 10-year yield was falling or the day before when the 10-year yield was falling they just decide today was the day i think you got a combination of a you know, lot like, of factors like when you when you signed off at eight o'clock there was nothing was going on the spy was up it was quiet joel very quiet nothing happening joel, okay, just looking, it was so like, quiet it just when did we start quiet. selling off what time uh i mean well, it was just a trickle I'm, I'm telling you, uh, even at uh, even at ten fifteen, we were still in the. I would say, can you look on pro between man? I, it just it, at at uh, ten fifteen, we were still at forty three fifty. Yeah, it, it was at like and, it was at like two a.m. It was really it was just two a.m. Really, it was really when at two a.m. where we started. Uh, yeah, yeah, started to leak significantly. Yeah. Well, we lost ten, then we lost another ten at two a.m. Basically, been and it straight down and then 4 a.m everyone woke up and were like whoa whoa what's going on here so uh market just got a little bit ahead of itself i i mean and there's yeah. no i'm looking at my screen it's like everything is red on here everything um, everything we were, we were just due for a day like this that's it we were just due the market was overdue it's not you know anything the world's not coming in then yeah it's, not, it's just the market was due for a way, way, way overdue. It's impossible to predict when these kind of things are going to happen. And it, it, so the question is, what now? You know, what and now? We don't know Where is the market going to find support? There's no Where way we nobody knows now. Joel, Joel, nobody knows the answer to that question, what now? That's, that, that is the big question. <laughs> I mean, this, this, is this just a one-off? Is this just a, you know, a, a quick shakeout? Or is this something of more concern? You know, there, the 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 bearish scenario would say, well, we're not getting, a, we're not doing very well with COVID right now. But then, you know, the, the the other side of that coin is that the vaccines are working very well on the variants. So, I mean, we're seeing cases go down everywhere, at least in North America. I mean, Canada's dropping crazy, like crazy now too, because everybody's getting vaccinated. I get my second shot today. So, I mean, this is. Um, it, it, it kind of feels like, you know, we, we are still getting past COVID, at least in North America, to a certain extent. Yeah, you know, there's variants. Yeah, there's going to be people that don't get vaccinated. But overall, the cases are, are way down. You know, we're, we're getting a better handle on that. But the reopening trade is telling us something else. 
So maybe it's telling us even if we do get by COVID, that this roaring 20 scenario that Kramer's been preaching might not happen. Uh, well, hold on. okay. So Mark Chicken says the reason is obvious. So let's bring Mark on. Yeah, here. bring it. Bring me in, please. Enlighten me. Well, let's not look for all the answers. It's the ten-year and the strong dollar. Yeah, but okay. Stop though, Mark. I, I've been. No, no, but it, it Why was it not level. the ten-year yesterday? It's Why was it not the tenure the day before? The Why was it not the tenure the day before that? So I'm going to take the other side Dennis, of that point totally. Dennis, get that second shot. Hopefully it comes with Prozac. Why, though? Why all of a sudden? Because the tenure because has been going down. down. to the 125 level. That's that's a real break below support. And the dollar is strong. And, and it's affecting emerging market stocks. This it's It's the bond market saying... They don't think the stock market and the recovery is for real. And that may be totally bogus. There are a couple of influences on the dollar that nobody's talking about. On the, on the Treasury, rather, pension funds are funded like in the 98th percentile, which is very unusual given the last 30 years of underfunding. So the pension funds are apparently buying annuity. They're annuitizing their obligations. So when they buy annuities from insurance companies, what do insurance companies do? They go out and buy the 10-year treasury. So they're, in addition to foreign demand for the treasuries because the dollar is stronger and emerging market and even European economies are weak, you've got a couple of underlying demand factors for treasuries. But the bottom line is at 125 on the 10-year down from 175, people would just say, and breath, you've, you've talked about lagging breath and a few stocks carrying the S&P. Uh, I think the Dow is a much better way to look at the market. And I don't think I've said that for 30 years, but the Dow reflects the reopening of the economy and the financial stocks, which are going to be under pressure here with treasuries down at that level. So I, right. but don't look for the explanation about why it happened. It's happening. Bring up, bring up the, uh, to, to Dennis's point, uh, bring up the TLT. Sure. Uh, just had it up there. Yeah, yeah. because, you know, th I mean, this thing this thing bottomed in February, hung out in March. And what Dennis is referring to is, you know, look at the, the last five, six, seven days um, in, the, in the TLT, which is, you know, basically a 30-year bond. I mean, those green candles that coincide with the market going up as well. Yeah. Well, why the separation right, this the morning? Why, why, why is today different than all other days? Let's go back to the options expiration that happened in the end of June. Um, the gamma trade sort of unwound, and you're in a position where the dealers are no longer confining moves. Uh, you know, a lot of the gamma trade came off, so moves are going to be accentuated in both directions, and that's what we're seeing. I just don't know. Like we saw, we were 130 yesterday in the 10-year. Now all of a sudden it's 125. I mean, we had a bigger move in the 10-year yesterday, a bigger move the day before than we're actually getting today. But then everybody's citing today, it's the day we're going to start worrying about the 10-year. So this must have been the easiest money for everybody that was looking at this. Oh, when it gets to 125, we're all of a sudden going to slam the S&P down 60 handles. Well, take a look um, at the it, I feel like there's a lot more than take just Take a look the at the dollar index. No, and it's been doing the same thing, though, Mark. No, it's not it happens, to start yeah, today. The shorts are trapped there. If you go through 93 on the dollar index, um, there's going to be a bigger demand for treasuries. And 
for better or worse, the, the stock market does not like the bond market in a short-term basis telling it what's going on. Doesn't like the message. I think there's this number of factors. I think you're right. I think the tenure can be a contributing factor. It's just because it's been dropping for a month and the market's still been going straight up. I challenge that thesis, but I think you were hitting the nail on the head as breadth. If we go to the breadth of the market, breadth is that, bad. Breath is bad. That has been bad. We were talking about this last week. That has struggled here for a while. Um, it has been basically Amazon, Apple, Nef or, or Google, you know, Facebook, mega mega tech, really holding us up in the last week and a half. And that goes that back to interest rates. When interest rates are falling, small caps do poorly, and the smaller stocks in the S and P do poorly, and people gravitate to the growth trade. So you know, this is. Perhaps a short-term phenomenon. Maybe second quarter earnings are strong enough to turn all this around. But the market is basically saying, and by the way, you got an ISM number on Tuesday that was disappointing. So you've got a lot of sort of variables that are pointing to the fact that maybe this recovery is not strong. I don't buy that, but what do I know? I mean, you and I don't know what, what the recovery is going to look like. I don't think the, the Delta variant is a big issue. It's affecting people in a very confined subset of spaces in the South and the, the West. And as you said, the vaccine is working. 99% of the people who've died in Maryland in the last three months were unvaccinated. Were unvaccinated. The vaccines are working. Yeah, and they're working. And even yet Asa Hutchinson on... CNN yesterday saying, we're trying like heck to get our people vaccinated. He's a Republican governor. He's not pushing back and saying vaccines are bad. He's saying we're, we're trying every which way to get people vaccinated. So that'll happen. Or the people who don't want vaccines will die at a higher proportion and the Democrats will win the House in 2022. So what do you do now? I mean, we get a nice pullback. We've had a significant pullback in the reopening stocks. Is this a buying opportunity here, Mark, or is this a wait-and-see approach? I agree with you. It's a wait-and-see. You've got 4,300, which we're going to break today unless we bounce. And by the way, the bid has come in, as you know, every time we've done this. Mm -hmm. But there's always a time when it won't happen. I think you got to look at uh, the market dropping below 4,200. I think the 50-day average is 42.15 and rising. So... 50-day has provided support. I think it's going to break before second quarter earnings. So I think there's more to go on the downside here on a short-term basis. But having said that, you get the numbers out at 8.30 and maybe the market finds a bid. But I, th this time may be different for all the reasons you've talked about. The narrowing breadth, small caps underperforming, emerging markets weak. I I'd wait and see here. I mean, there are stocks I would buy if I thought that you know, this sell-off was over. But by the way, as long as bond yields stay down here, I think it's going to be really hard for small caps to rally. And I've loved small caps and, and they're take they're putting a hurt on me. No what question stock, about it. What stocks are you kind of eyeing? Not saying you'd buy shipping. them because you, you, you said you want to wait and see, but what are you waiting and seeing on? I'm buying shipping. I like Genko. I like DAC, uh, SBLK. I think the shipping stocks are getting a nice little correction here. Genko was my bullish stock of the week uh, in my market letter on Sunday, GNK. And so I, you know, but I don't want to rush in and buy these. What's the point? Yeah. You know, and they're all sort of trading down to support. And then some of the reopening play, I, you know, 
reopening plays are in two categories. There's the travel and leisure stocks, which are just screwed. People are trapped in those, the cruise lines, the casinos. I mean, the stocks are telling, booking.com, what, if there was a real reopening trade, why would booking look like it does? Looks awful. Yeah, the reopening trade is really not looking, uh, has been looking good for a while. So, you know, I think this is a time, you, you nailed it um, in that it's a wait and see. Mm-hmm. And you've got five days before earnings season begins. Yeah. And, I, but, but I tell you, this puts a huge burden on company guidance in terms of driving the market after the banks start reporting and then the, the major industrials. But you also have big sort of canary in the coal mine industrials like Caterpillar underperforming. You know, which speaks more to the worldwide economy necessarily than the U.S. economy. I mean, this 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 is not a bull market chart in terms of industrials, which is why I think if you're looking for protection, by the way, the Dow is the place to get it. Vertical put spreads on the Dow, I think, are really interesting. Uh, good question in the chat. Uh, who was it? Was it Daniel? Uh, can you explain how, like, the dynamics of how? Oh no, it was Paul. Can you explain the the market mechanics of how this happens outside of normal hours? Does anyone want to take that? Easy one. That's like that's like throwing it's it's because of the futures market <laughs> and because of the S and P futures that trade all night. They don't close down at eight o'clock. The session for today, which is Thursday, started last night at 6 p.m. It's kept in line from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. because you have arbitrageurs like Dennis who are buying stocks that are moving under fair value of the S&P, selling stocks at above. At 8 o'clock, those, that's off the table. There's no arbitrage. Stocks close from 8 to 4. So the large institutions or traders, can trade basically momentum, whatever indicators they're using, they can trade it from 8, 8 p.m. until 4 a.m. And if you go back, you know, like everyone's complaining here because now, you know, this is on the downside. We're down 50 handles, 58 handles. Everyone wants to know why. What about all the mornings we've come in and the market's up, you know, 30, 40 handles for absolutely no reason? And the stocks have to adjust to that on the open. So it's the overnight, it's the futures trading that we've been saying for years, why we started this show, dictates the market, you know, where stocks have to open. At 4 o'clock a.m., Dennis comes back in, tries to do the arm that he can, but he can't do anything, you know, with the spoos, you know, in that area. So it's just, it's just big money, big institutions using the futures, uh, to their advantage. And that now everyone's paying attention to it because it's on the downside. When it's on the upside, no one cares. So that's it. That's the moves. The moves take place overnight. Trading overnight, catching these moves, trading early in the morning. What you're going to have during the day, today we're going to have 10, 20, you know, 30-point rips in one direction. One computer's going to come in the other one way, then the other. And you know what? We'll probably... And the market, like right here at 42.95, might trade up in a 43 handle, might come down and take out the low. But this is, I mean, and this is what we've been trying to explain to you guys for years. It's just the, 
It's overnight trading. Dennis, do you want to add anything? Well, let me, uh, let let's bring it back to Mark. In. We only got Mark for a few let minutes. Let for one second. Joel, you're absolutely correct. The one difference, and you, you've spotted it here, is normally they flip the switch at 3.30 when the European markets open, 3.30 yeah. in the morning. This one happened at 2 in the morning. Maybe someone jumped a gun on what they thought Europe was going to be doing. Who knows? But, you know, actually, you shouldn't care. That's the whole point. Look at the technicals. We're breaking short-term support at 4,300. Uh, there's risk down to 4,200, which would be another 3% correction. Not, not an additional three, but it would be another pullback of three, three plus percent. And then the market's going to tell you what it's got. And it's looking like we're going to get that move prior to the start of earnings season, which is not atypical, by the way. So, so Mark, before, just before we let you go here, sum up on to what you're saying. There are things you want and you would buy. You want to buy, but you're not going to run in today. Is that sum up? exactly? And I'm not going to run in tomorrow, and I'm not going to run in. So, until so we well, show that the 4200 level is going to hold in this in the spy in the S&P in the SP, S&P well, big test yeah. Mark's, okay. Mark I'm doing the same as Mark I'm playing the wait and see approach you know obviously as a trader I'm going to I'm going to probably make 2 300 trades a day not a joke so I'm going to be trading a lot but that's scalping <laughs> in and out How do you but do that? but as a long term investor and as a swing trader like am I putting on bullish you know cuz I'm biased in my long term portfolio it's always long I don't short stocks in my long term portfolio so I'm like looking there am I going to deploy a lot of that cash I'm sitting on not i'm going to wait and see this is the wait and see approach with the longer term stuff okay yep i agree that's that's a great point way to wrap it up mark chaken is a uh 40 year veteran of these markets he is the founder of chicken analytics and the uh chicken power gauge and chicken money flow uh and he joins us every other thursday to give us his thoughts on markets and we appreciate it mark thanks a lot be well, guys. Thanks, Mark. Great day to have Mark on get his perspective. Uh, we, we didn't know. Uh, this is, we, we're going to wake up to uh, fireworks this morning, but that's what happened. Uh, in any case, we did get jobless claims just now for last week. Came in a bit higher than expected and higher than last week's number as well. Continuing claims also higher than expected. Um, yeah, so, so that's where we're at. We, we stopped going down, at least. Right in the S and P futures, you want to look at that. You want to look at yep. spy, whatever. We we've stopped going down for it's, the moment, um, but that's that's where we are. Right it's now. a mess when you I really have, look at yeah. some of these individual stocks, though, and you see, oh yeah, we're down one point two eight percent. I mean, there are stocks hammered three, four, five percent here this morning. The majority of your growth tech, like your Kathy trade, might be a better indicator. ARKK is trained down three point two seven percent. So there's your growth tech trade. Your growth tax down three to four percent. So you know you look at spy down one point two eight. It's being helped out. I mean we know Apple is only down one point nine, one point seven. But there's some stuff in there that holds us up. Obviously there's always rotation happening, but it is a broad based sell off. There is not a lot of stocks that are trading in the green here this morning. Um, I, I, I'm struggling besides gold. You know when I look at this up filter. Um, Virtue Financial just went green because it benefits from new volatility, so I wouldn't be surprised if that catches a bid. But Overstock is up because it got a, a big buy rating, a big price target from Needham, uh, but barely holding green. And then you got everything else that is basically major red, major red. And Joel, what, what were you going to say? I was just going to uh, 
and, and I think there's a little trepidation over over earnings coming up too, right? We start with uh, J.P. Morgan on uh, on the thirteenth, and I think you know there's no doubt that like these two Q two earnings. I mean, you were doing comparisons from the prior year, and how can you do comparisons for the prior year when not open? So I think what the street is saying here is like Q two was great, right? Everyone went out to the store, bought some new sneakers and everything. Q3, I just think, you know, the bar right now, the bar is set so high. Lost him again. Okay. But to his point. Okay. So so to, to both of their points, uh, we'll get to it back in a second. Uh, you want to look at different factors today, right? So Dennis was looking at ARKK. That's that's a proxy for growth tech, right? Uh, yeah. not the only proxy, but it is a it is one it's a good proxy for growth for tech. growth tech, right? So you, you see AR, ARKK down, and what do you think? You think okay, you think Tesla, you think Roku, you think Peloton, you think Teladoc, uh, you, you you think all these growth techy, you know, high multiple uh, stocks. You can look at AMC as a proxy, right? For the the social media stocks, right? AMC is a proxy for GameStop and Wish and to a lesser extent, you know, meme stock trade, Cleveland Cliffs, right, right, exactly. Uh, you can look at, you know, Baba as a proxy for China or FXI, right, as a proxy. which is a mess, by the way. It is. If down- I was looking for a catalyst, I would look at China. I wouldn't even look, you know, at all this other stuff we we're talking with a ten-year. This China market. Look at FXI. Bring this up. You have it up right now. Perfect. You were thinking where I was going. But China is a mess, and deservedly so, with what's happened. You know, obviously. I I mean, people are turned off from investing in China. The DD thing did not help, and I'm not saying DD caused this whole entire market collapse here today. But DD is turning people off from investing in China, and I, you know, Baba has been straight down here for the last three or four days since the whole DD thing happened. I mean, people are scared of investing in China. I am too, to a certain extent, because you don't know what the next step is. You don't know what's going on there, but um you know fxi was 54 dollars uh back in february we're now 42 dollars, and when we look at that long-term chart which we did that exercise yesterday china has been a big no money maker for the better part of a decade and one of the best bull markets of all time in north america china has gone absolutely nowhere so this doesn't help that okay now it's coming down here again and if we look at the fxi this morning it's down three and a half percent there's a lot of money in emerging markets and that money is getting eroded here. There's a lot of money in meme stocks. That like it's been a lot of money in meme stock, a lot of new money in meme stocks. That money has been eroded as well. So there's been some people. So maybe this is just a matter of okay, we're getting hit here, we're getting hit here, we're getting hit in reopening. We've been getting hit in emerging markets. We've been getting hit in reopening. We've been getting hit in meme stock land. Maybe it was inevitable we we're going to start getting hit in tech land too. And that's what you're seeing now is the big techs and even the mega techs getting hit here this morning as well. So it's profit taking across the board. People are getting people were getting hit here and other stocks though for the past month. We we got Joel back. Joel, any expectations are so high. That's where we lost you. Uh, I'm sorry. Where where did you lose you, that? You, you were saying expectations are so high year over year for earnings. That's right where we lost you. Right, right, and we and we came from like a a zero, you know, uh, you know, a zero economy and the reopening and. So that that was huge. I think there's huge expectations uh, coming in, or they were. You did have a high bar. Um, I think that you lost your banking sector uh, a couple of weeks ago. I mean that that turned and it turned hard because 
because uh, Pump and Powell says, hey, rates aren't going anywhere. So if you look, you kind of look down the line, he has looked at this and said, hey, this recovery is not as strong as we think. Rates are not going up. So that hurt the banks. He lost the banks. And then I think another thing that's maybe rattling the market, where was your other leadership? Your leadership was in uh, you know, the oil stocks. Pretty ugly day in, in oil yesterday. And also, if you go back to like the reopening trade and whatnot, uh, you know, if there's any kind of slowdown in the economy, what does that? We saw what happened to oil prices. So you lost the banking sector, you lost the oil yep. sector. Everyone went to tax. Yeah, everyone went to the tax, and they got up near all-time highs. Uh, well, you know, Amazon broke out. You know, Google has been going, so everyone was higher than tax, and then boom. You have a bad day in tech. Where are they going to go now? They hit the small, the small caps. So, I I just say long overdue combination of different factors: losing the banking sector, oil not looking good, and you know the the, the China thing. I mean, it, it, you can't ignore it. So I, I think it's just not the ten year in in one move in the ten year. Also, you had a lot of stocks that are trading at just outrageous valuations, right? Not based on any fundamentals. No matter, you know, until they matter, and now they're starting to matter. I mean, you can run these stocks on, uh, you know, on volume. Like there's one right now that's uh, a short squeeze, but you know, eventually, you know, the market pays attention to fundamentals. I don't think that everyone just woke up this morning and realized it, but you know, GameStop. So that where's that at now? I haven't even looked at that in a long time. Or. Um, yeah. Or yeah. EMC. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, you know, that's it. It's just a, it's reality. It's a reality Thursday. That's, that's, and we're still 55, 60 points off all-time high, folks. So <laughs> what's the big deal? Thank you. Thank you. So that's the question is if it is going to continue to get ugly, do we, you know, start saying, okay, well, maybe I want to lighten up? Because you're literally, like you said, this is puts us in perspective. The indices have held up very well. But, you know, you, you you made a lot of great points there. I mean, the money was hiding in tech. It, it went and hid to growth tech. And growth tech, the mega caps, not growth tech, the mega caps were hiding the damage that has been happening for the last couple of weeks. We've been getting damage in other sectors across the board. And it's been the Amazons and the Apples and the Googles and the Microsofts that have been hiding all the damage because we know those four or five stocks are like 20% of the indices. So they've been hiding the damage. Money was hiding there, and they came off today along with everything else, and that's why we're getting a significant sell-off. It is not the 10-year. Not today. It, the damage has been happening. That's what I'm going to say. The damage just didn't all overnight. The 10-year just didn't collapse the yield. It's been going down for a while. But there has been internal damage happening in this market for a bet. It's just been hidden by those mega caps. And I'm just so blown- yeah, go ahead. Summer trade, the summer quiet trade. So much for that, right? The yeah, that that's gone. The su- the summer quiet trade. You know, it's going to be a few days. And you know what? I love it as a as a trader. You've got to welcome yep. volatility. I mean, if you're a real trader, where you go long short, you make market calls. You know, like a Christian from Hertz, or you know, like the, the people who maybe you follow. These are real traders out there. There's a lot of, you know, long only people, you know, that just, you know, buy stocks and shorting is evil. And, you know, this, this is the kind of day those people get hurt. 
But as a trader, if you can make market calls and you're willing to go both ways and you're willing to learn, you know, and I trade market neutral. So although with some of my market neutral stuff not working that well today, maybe I had a little bit too much growthy tech in there. But I mean, overall, on my trading, I do better when volatility rises. And that's because I'm trading hedged. You know, I'll have some shorts on that are helping me out. You know, I'll have some, you know, it's not evil. It's how the markets stay efficient. You know, we talk about that, you know, four-day trade where you're, you're doing different ETF arbitrage, you know, and some, yeah, algorithmic trading going on in there too. But I mean, that's what keeps markets efficient. Um, you eliminate short selling from the markets and everything just goes everywhere. I mean, this is really the driver for AMC and GameStop, believe it or not, has probably been the lack of short sellers, you know, because pe- shorts are too scared to sell that stuff. So there's no price check. There's nobody keeping prices in check. I know everybody wants to dream that we're going to squeeze the shorts. There wasn't squeezing any shorts. Even the short interest you were looking at wasn't rising. Secondly, how do we know they weren't hedged? Wait, who's afraid? Who who out there is afraid to short the spy? Nobody. What what are you talking about? There's no one. No one's afraid to short like the overall market, right? You're talking about like individual stocks that have the potential to rip higher, but the spy is not going to do that. So. There's, there's, there's ample sellers, is there not? I mean, I'm not. No, I, no, no. I'm talking. I, I moved it. I'm, I'm oh. not talking spy. Right. I'm just saying. I'm said the reason that AMC and GameStop. Everybody believes okay. that it's shorts. You know, like that we're squeezing the shorts. We're squeezing the shorts. I don't know who you're like. The, the, the short interest hasn't changed. So, but, but, but they did spook the shorts. And when you spook the shorts, you don't have the liquidity on the sell side that you otherwise would. You don't have that person coming in saying, well, it's ridiculous that AMC is trading at $70. I'm going to short it and keep the price in check. You, you have a few maybe gutsy players to do that, but you don't have that overall. And that's where, you know, markets, you know, mechanics start to break down where, you know, you get the Tilray back, you know, went from 30 to 300. The main reason for that rally is, yes, a spike in demand, but a lack of people willing to short the stock. People don't short rocket ships. Professional traders aren't out there actively shorting rocket ships. They all know and they want to control their risk as well. So big, the big money, you know, where there's maybe one hedge fund that was making a bet, but the majority of hedge funds are in the business not to be, you know, just calling tops on everything. There is some, some people that do that. Don't kid yourself. But, you know, like a Citadel, if you think, you know, Citadel sitting here shorting the hell out of AMC and getting ruined, I mean, that's just not happening. They're in and out, they're in and out and in and out, and they're trying to trade as hedged as they can. I would imagine Citadel made a lot of money on this AMC just because the spreads got so wide. So, so it's just people, a misunderstanding people, of American mechanics. The people saying the, the AMC short interest is 17%. Yeah, certainly that is elevated, right? Uh, no, but, it's not, though. It was like 21 no, when well, they started. I didn't fin- it's, I didn't, it's gone down. I didn't finish. I, it, it, based on compared to historical uh, numbers, is it? The, 17% is, is not what I would call normal, but it's also not rip your face off insane short squeeze high 17% is is like i would say probably slightly above average but dennis's point for, for amc though i i think amc probably had a lot higher short interest if you look back to last year okay there's but, a lot of people that thought that was going out of business those shorts covered Den- dennis's point though is that it, 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 it this the short squeeze hasn't the short percent float hasn't gone up in the last couple of months it stayed relatively stagnant that's stable. stable, yeah. You're not squeezing any, and and how do you know? Like, okay, so this is what people don't understand too. If you're if you're short a stock and you're long the call, you you can actually be hedged the stock. So I mean, it, it's not always the case where there may not even be some of these 
show so-called shorts at 19% might actually have had long calls. Yeah. So, so they could be hedged. So how much of that is really hedged trading too? I just don't think you had a lot of people, you know, active. Now, now, re- now recently, I wouldn't be surprised if short interest starts to go up because when it broke down through 50, it hit a lot of technical sell signals. Is so, that, you know, that, the question, you know, that, you may have new shorts entering now because momentum has broken. Wait, wait, but when Joel, stocks are going straight up, there's not a lot of people that are like, yeah, yeah, I want to short that stock. I don't want to get run over. I let this thing settle out until the momentum starts going the other way. Joel, what? Is that, a, is that AMC bet over with now? Uh, well, yeah, uh, well, wait. We it's not official because it's not during the regular session. We always say it's got to be during the regular yeah, session. So yeah, right now, I look like I'm getting a dozen donuts from Spencer Israel, but we'll see. It's got to trade under 40 in the regular session. So if it stays under 40, I'm going to win that bet. Wait, is that a dozen in Canadian uh, numbers? Canadian or you, donuts? Or, or, or U.S. US <laughs> no, it's 40 bucks was the bet. So 40 U.S. Canadian. You know Canadian donuts. There, when you want to talk about froth, and I was talking about this uh, with a good buddy of mine, and it's in the business, and uh, he was like, to, to look at how many IPOs you've had, and a lot of times, you know, that's symptomatic of a market top when you just have excessive, you know, speculation in the IPOs, and then also, you know, like everyone's been so, you know, focused on like the stacks and. It turned out to be most of them are just crap. So you just had you had speculation. Uh, We've lost Joel. Then, we lost Spencer. We lost everyone. I'm back. I'm back. Oh, so I lost everyone. It's just me. I was panicked there for a minute. I was like, how am I going to do the show by myself? Joel, keep going. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just excessive, right? It just uh, IPO started with the stats, you know, IPOs. Uh, bigger, so it's just we're just getting rid of some some froth in the market. Yeah, was, uh, long overdue, and you know, just talking strategies today. Uh, you know, for people that are you know you're coming in, and I imagine most of the people in the chat here are long, you know, are long bias. I mean, look at the look where you're at, look where your trading account is, look what you've done, and you know what? If you need to start off today, it just if anything. You know, don't don't add, you know, evaluate what your your risk reward was. And sometimes in these moments, it you know, the best thing to do is just kind of hey, just flatten out and take a deep breath. But you know, that this is where, you know, days like this, like the market will come back. Not all the stocks are gonna come back today, right? And some are gonna have different moments, but you just you know, just go to your original risk rewards. Wherever they're at, if they're past those parameters, then you know reset. Just don't, just don't, don't get uh, married and like everything is by the dip and you're gonna buy more on average out. That's just one, uh, you know, one thing. And also, yeah, me getting bullish Amazon. That was that was probably the top in the market. <laughs> <laughs> Joel's commentary is spot on today, though. I can't say enough. Joel's spot on on everything he's been saying this morning. One. Put it in perspective, we're very close to the high. So if you think this is a dip, I mean, we haven't even really had a dip. You know, yeah, it's a one-day dip. And yeah, it spooks the market a little bit. And yes, there are some sectors that have been hammered. But I'm, I'm taking the mark shaking approach. I'm sitting back and waiting and seeing on my swing trades. I have no swing longs on right now. I have a bunch of stocks, my long-term portfolio long. And obviously, my overnight trading is hedged. 
So I'm just looking at it from a wait and see approach here. Um, but, you know, we, we've been in this market where it's been tough to, you know, unless you're in the Apples, the Amazons, the Googles, and the Microsofts, there hasn't been a lot of stuff that really looked healthy. So, I mean, now those stocks come off. Does that mean, you know, you buy the dip on Amazon, Apple, Netflix, you know, or, or maybe not Netflix. We were taking that out of Fang yesterday. Yeah. But, you know, NVIDIA, the stocks that have been performing, are you buying the dip on those today? Or it's wait and see approach on those too, Joel? I, I think you have a different uh, dynamic in the market, and I think it started with the banks. Because how long have we, you know, pre-earnings runs, right? You know, buy a buy up to earnings, and maybe that that started, you know, uh, you know, last week. But now I, I think it's going to be a little different now because you you come off hard, like especially in the banks. Yeah, all right. So you're you're going to buy, you know, J.P. Morgan, you know, next Tuesday, post earnings run up, but. Man, that thing has gotten absolutely killed. So on the way back up, you're gonna be you're gonna be finding sellers. It's not it's not gonna be the thing. So I don't think I think the dynamics has changed um, a little bit. I think the best thing would be uh, from a short term perspective is you know first things first. Let's hold that pre market low, right? Let's not take that out. Let's just kind of it would be one of these days where you know you climb back into the 4300 handle you trim a lot of the losses and then you reevaluate but i think i just don't know i mean these I, this really throws a kink into the the three earnings run tra- uh trade i mean look how much i think you gotta wait and people are saying you know that i just said buy the dip i didn't necessarily i was asking joel if i was going to buy the dip on those stocks there today i think as a trader, you're buying dips and selling rips, buying dips and selling rips. You're doing that, you know, on the, whatever, you know, chart basis you're doing. But as a short-term trader, that's what you're doing. But as a longer-term person that's sitting with some cash right now, I think you got to wait. I don't think you can strike on the first day of a hard red candle because that usually is not the low. Usually you get another opportunity again. I mean, you get an awful candle here, you know, in AMD, you know, for instance, I'm still long some of my AMD you know, I bought it back at 74. I sold half of it and didn't decide I was going to make it a long-term investment. I guess I should have sold half of it, but um, I've still got that half. But I mean, it's an ugly two days. I mean, we just went from $95 yesterday morning. We're at 87 here on AMD here today. Um, if it gets back to 85, am I going to buy it? Maybe, but I don't like catching that first red candle and I'm already long it, but I was just using it as an example. If you're not, if you're looking at this one and saying, oh, I think it's eventually going to 100, it's a nice dip to buy. Maybe just don't buy on day one. Maybe you wait until you start to see some stabilization. Get a double bottom, then control your risk. We always talk about this, Joel. And I know we're going to do an educational event coming up in a, in a month or two, but um, you know where we're going to explain a lot of this stuff. But I always like to wait till I have that two day in a row bottom, something to lean on, as opposed to just trying to catch on day one. Well, we don't know what this is going to become. But if all of a sudden you get a you know a red bar and then you can't breach the prior day's low, that's when I strike you know and try to go on some swing longs where I'm controlling the risk. You're coming in here just randomly buying the dip here today. It's hard to control the risk. Yeah, and you know what will be interesting too is like a lot of these stocks are down, but you'd be surprised if you you know there's there'll be a pop and you might get to the. Uh, you might get to the lower end of uh, the previous day's range in the stock. You know what? That's going to be resistance. And some of these stocks, uh, they might even pop and, and you know, get to unchanged on the session. So your closes from yesterday as well as the lows from yesterday are going to be, you know, great points just from short-term trading. If you're trying to wiggle out or you're trying to, uh, 
you know, initiate uh, a short, you know, if something gets back, you know, unchanged or, and the debtors, there might be some stocks that just have some latent orders on the book uh, that might be holding them up. And, um, uh, you know, so you might be able to get some stuff off the open. Opens are going to be key. Then looking at the lows the previous days uh, from yesterday and then also the closing prices. And folks, the re- I sound a little different today. No camera. Uh, major storm in Michigan yesterday. Knocked out my power, but my generator kicked down like a champ. But somehow Comcast went down. So I, I am at uh, my remote location here with my old office computer, Spencer. You know that one screen? I got like 100 stocks on it. Yeah. I don't have one, I don't have one to screen. All right. I don't I, under, I don't. I don't have. Oh, yeah. I got gold up sixteen bucks. But uh, do we want to? We, well, I, I, I want to. I want to put some numbers behind your IPO thing from earlier, Joel, because you're absolutely right about that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think that by the end of July, probably the end of August, we're going to have. We will have set a record. Uh, in terms of number of IPOs and number of uh, and, and and amount of uh, money raised via those IPOs, because this year we've already had 216 IPOs, which basically is what we had all of last year, and we've raised about 80 billion dollars in those IPOs, which is already more than last year. So uh, their all-time record for both was set in 2014. We're gonna we're gonna surpass that record in like in like a month. So it, it is. It's going to end up being a record year in terms of number of IPOs, uh, proceeds raised via those IPOs, and that's not even discussing SPACs. That's not even including SPACs. So it's it, there's a lot of money that has been pouring into in, 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 into these markets. Um, you know, fund flows are are at a record high, right? Just money just flooding, flooding, flooding in to U.S. equities uh, in the first half of the year. So um, you know, with all that being said. We're probably due for some more pullbacks. We haven't gotten much. Can, can we do some ticker time here really fast? Yeah. Because we got some good tickers coming from the chat. Uh, Boeing. Um, this is one that I am eyeing on a pullback. I don't think I'll strike today, but 220 is huge. We're only six bucks away from there. So, I mean, it has sold off significantly. It's a classic reopening trade. We don't know how the reopening trade's going, but I think you're getting to a point where if you get to some big support levels, you know, you take a shot. And if it takes it out, then it takes it out. I mean, you can go and argue we got down to 213 back in March, but you kind of see those couple lows there in May. The whole 220 area is probably going to provide some support. Do we test it today? Possibly. So maybe you get a washout low down at 220. It's possible. Again, if you buy it at 220, it starts going 216 on you. You got to have your risk tolerance in place. I like it better when it goes 220, then tries to bounce a bit and gives me a second shot there, as opposed to buying on the first day when you're really getting hammered. But that's a big support level. You know, Boeing starts to look a little more attractive as you start to get down, I think. John, to keep my, like, right, you're, like, where your pre market lows are. I mean, that's an important thing. Right now, we're just slumped at the lows. The pre market low was 226.40. Uh, I'm looking I'm cut at through that, that now. And you know, really, two twenty. I, I see where where Dennis is talking about. Um, you had one low in the two twenty three and a half, but uh, that main low is two twenty. But first things first, you know, if, if you you know if you're shortening this thing, you want to immediately down, you know, follow through through the pre market low. If you're shorting these things in the hole, and they pop on you, 
then you just, you know. You, shorting in the hole is not advisable. <laughs> I don't like short stock. If you're looking, coming in, looking to short stocks today, you're doing it backwards. So, I, I mean, I'm not looking at that at all today. Buying dips, selling rips. If you're bearish, you're selling rips. If you're bullish, you're, sell, you're buying dips. That's kind of how it works. If you're selling dips and buying rips, you, it's a recipe to lose a lot of money. Um, Joel, okay, so I want to throw a couple more tickers at you. I don't know if you can see the chat because you're on the phone here, Joel. Uh, Micron was another one somebody wanted to talk about. It was a darling just a couple weeks ago, and now it's kind of getting back down to support as well. Yeah, I thought the earnings low was in, and hello, it's not. Uh, next stopping point, I'm looking at uh, 76.16, that's your May 19 low. Where that's right where we're at right now. Oh, boy. Yeah, we'll see. You're opening it. This chat, they, the chat's pretty good at looking at these big support levels. They find these levels. Now, Micron's right in the opening into support, too. So, I mean, could you take a shot and say maybe this is just going to be a snapback rally today as a day trader? Yeah, I'd lean myself out right on that low, 75, 71. So there's a setup for you right there. It might take it out. You got a lot of hard momentum down here right now, but it's a two-day move. It had a big sell-off yesterday. I like the support level, 75 to 76. Again, it starts going through 75. You're like, okay, it didn't work, and you move on to the next trade. So always, again, have your out, especially on a day like this. If you're buying the dip, make sure you don't get caught, and because if it really starts to get ugly, then you can lose a lot of money. But if you're buying Micron at 76 this morning, I'd stop myself out under 75. And maybe, well, you know, it bounces. You get the whoops trade, uh, you know, where, you know, you open 76, panic sellers pushing down to 75.20. And you know that something's going to happen, like within the first minute or two. Then you come back up through the open. You come back up through 76. Let's say, theoretically, the low is 75.40. You come back up through 76 and you, you're catching momentum and at least you have a reference point on the downside. You have whatever that early minute low. So that's, we talk about that, the kind of whoops trade. And then, you know, the same thing, if, uh, you know, a stock opens in, you know, low and then doesn't go down, but has like a big rally, you know, I mean, these stocks could a lot of long ways to go to get to the bottom of yesterday's range. Uh, but that's another setup. The opens are really going to be important today. So you don't have to, you know, go, oh, I got to buy the dip and, you know, going out in the open because there's definitely going to be, there's going to be some sell stops in the book. Yeah. There's going to be people that just don't like, we're, we're talking like, you know, the world's on, you know, on fire. And we're, the all time high was made yesterday at 43.53. We're at forty two ninety. That's sixty points. That's nothing, folks. There are people that are like, "Hey, yeah, well, this is a bad day. You know, I'm I'm out." So it's going to be a lot. You know, there's going to be some wicked rallies today. But uh, let's cover a few. I'm going to stay on today uh, for my pre market uh, prep plus listeners. I am not equipped to do this from my remote location. So I hope you guys are here in the chat. I'll stay on. You know, Dennis, if you need to hop off. Um, I'm going to leave in a minute. I'll just do one more and then I'm going to leave it with you guys there. You want to get Peter's thoughts because I'm sure it'll be. Oh, Peter's on. Okay, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go trade. So, well, well, what what was the one more you're going to do? Because I I wanted to look at coin because I had a great candle yesterday, but it's. You know what? This is the kind of stock I would buy the dip on. Um, Again, Bitcoin's getting hammered, but it had a nice candle yesterday. An outsized move relative strength was yesterday. It wanted to go up, and now it's getting dragged down by the overall market. I'd stop myself out out under yesterday's low of 232, but if you're buying it here, 237, 238, 239 today, I might take a shot on that one. 
Again, yeah. stopping myself out below 232 though. So remember, I always look at the risk before you look at the return. Look at what, where is my out? First thing I look at is, okay, I'm gonna stop myself out of yesterday's low. How much risk do I wanna take? Do I wanna buy it at 240 and then I gotta risk eight bucks or do I wanna try to get it on the cheaper? But this is the kind of stock that I actually would be eyeing to buy the dip because it was showing a lot of relative strength yesterday. Again, crypto is getting hammered today, so that's why it's getting hammered too though. Yeah. So. I wanna get Peter Talkman's thoughts on all this because Peter, what, what is what is the, uh, the the mood down there? I, I mean, you know, we're all, freaking out or not over a you know a one one and a half percent and down move not even uh but uh yeah what i mean is it just business as usual you know what i think it's fascinating when the markets we well, look we, we we love analyzing when markets are going up yesterday we hit record highs across the board it was a rational exuberance yeah Why going up why did the market go up since march 2020 right in the eyes of a complete global pandemic we were we got back to even in august and we've had these double digit rallies why you know just an appetite of the market new traders coming in you know recovery this and that now we hit a record high yesterday why are we you guys talked about it yesterday that there was a dislocation a little bit with the s p and the dow and some of the underperformers what was going to drag down the market and then we come in here today and the market is down 60 handles on the S&P, an implied opening of down 500 on the Dow. What changed so radically between the enthusiasm of yesterday? Yes, yes. And tell us, Peter. Today. And I must tell you, and I've gone overboard in my trying to analyze it because I knew I was coming on with you and I love to try and understand why markets do what they do. And I think we're in the middle of a perfect storm here that happened sort of in a sudden situation. We did close yesterday with the yields, and that's not my wheelhouse at 1.26, which is apparently a big dangerous number, okay? Then we basically saw uh, Europe down 2%. We see a state of emergency in Japan. We see questionable comments from the Fed minutes yesterday, sort of they were talking out of both sides of their mouth, saying that, yes, there were less jobless claims, but uh, relative to pre-pandemic, we're still not where we think we should be. So it's a lot of perspective. It's literally irrational exuberance into the reality of the world right now. And so if you take all that into account, we've also seen a couple of times where we've taken the market to a record high over the last month and change, near 35,000 in the Dow and up at 43 and change in the S&P. And we've found that to be a little bit of resistance, right? Well, a couple of weeks ago, it was the inflation story that sort of butt our heads up against that resistance. And now today it's this perfect storm. Europe, Japan, the recovery story is questionable. The variant, volatility, virus, and vaccine type stuff again, right? So these, there are a lot of moving parts on this story. They're taking the market down 60 handles. I love listening to Joel. I, I agree with him that this is why risk management stop orders are super key. Am I picking a spot where I'm getting back into this market today with it down 60 handles? Absolutely not. I'm here to try and figure out why, how did we go how, how did we go from that irrational exuberance of yesterday trading at records and nobody could buy stocks fast enough to down this morning? That one and a half percent is a lot for a day. One and a half percent in the big picture of yeah. where we're coming from, where we've been is really not that much. It's not a crash. It's not a consolidation. It's a bit of a blip in the big picture. But if we examine the story of why we got here, I call this sort of the perfect storm. I will say one more thing that what's sort of been brought back to the table, if we can go back to a little bit of pre-Biden and the Trump story and how we saw those markets, we were talking about it on the floor here yesterday. Mm -hmm. If you'll remember, there were those days where we had the tariff issues with China and we had these moves and intraday moves of thousand points, 
right where 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 the president the the ex former president uh, who thinks he's still the president would send out a tweet about massive tariffs problems with China, yeah. market would go down a thousand points. Then they'd pull back and go, well, we've negotiated. It's not that bad. We'd go up a thousand points. I think one of the extra things on the table on this perfect storm is a bit of a trade story here. A lot of these, you know, the S&P looking to delete Asian stocks and Chinese stocks. We've had a lot. We don't have a clear ch- direction or clear message yet from this administration on how they're going to deal with this altercation with the Chinese and trade. And so I think all of this put together, people sort of going, oh, wow, the reality is there's a lot of moving parts with a lot of anxiety up at this level. So maybe we should just hit this market a bit. I I just want to clarify what you said. When you, you, you say there's a perfect storm, you're not saying there's a perfect storm for the market to have a prolonged correction and everyone hold on tight. It's going to get bumpy. You're just saying for this morning, at least, you know, we're down a little less than one and a half percent. It's due to a confluence of factors. Not any one thing is what you're saying, but you're not turning bearish here. Not not by any means. No, yeah. you interpreted me correctly. Right. You and I were on last Thursday. You said to me, Pete, we're coming into a long holiday weekend. The summer's coming. Do we anticipate light volume? And I said, I think this is not your grandfather's stock market. I don't think that that chain of events is going to happen any longer. There yeah. will always be a reason. There will always be volatility and we'll always have reasonable volume. And I've proven that out because it's been a busy week for us here on the floor. The market, whether it's going sideways, up or down, intraday, large moves, we're still seeing volatility and volume. And once again, we're seeing that today. So what I'm clearly saying is that one day does not make a market that the exuberance, irrational as it may have been yesterday, hitting record highs, yeah. it's been sort of pulled back here today. Now, look, I listened to the gentleman on before me. This could be a buying opportunity. We may see a V-day where this thing hits a technical level on the downside, and then we end up closing up at, at, at even or in the plus department. Not clear. It may be a couple of day scenario, right? By no means am I predicting some kind of an ugly story here by any means. For today, and I'm not a stock picker or your advisor, yeah. For today, I'm here to try and understand how we went from a record high to down 60 handles in a mere 12 hours. That's about it. What what, what signs would you look for um, to that would help you understand, okay, maybe this is like a V bottom by the dip type situation or maybe just a prolonged period like aside from price, obviously. like what what like what is it is it breath? Is it specific? Uh, sectors uh, like what like what signs do you look for to help you understand the direction of the market okay i appreciate that question look i'm the i'm i'm, I'm a guy who looks at the s&p i don't really break this down to sectors especially okay. in the market we are in right now because it's broad look we and, no, and let me talk about one other thing which i'm going to actually talk about today on on the wall street global trading academy facebook group with a guy named saladin bumidi who's developed these things called the Bumidi Bands. He trades on the Amsterdam Stock Exchange. A seasonal patterns. July and August tend to be the most down months of the year in the Dow and the S&P historically. Okay, so what am I looking at that's going to change this story? The moving parts here are Japan is a big deal. The reality of the virus once again, is sort of coming into our wheelhouse. That will then affect the reopening story. That will affect the reopening stocks. And there's going to be that paradox between which we've seen over the last couple of months where there'll be days, okay, the world's coming back together. Let's buy 
the airlines and, and, and the hospitality stocks, and it's all going to be fine and good, and the retailers. And then, oh, my God, this variant is taking over. It's the number one virus that's hitting the United States. The Japan Olympics are now this morning looking at a state of emergency and not letting people in, which they probably shouldn't have let people in to begin with. So this is an ever-evolving story. And also, Spencer, we need to understand there is no playbook for this. We've had recoveries due to financial uh, uh, crises. We've had recoveries due to terror attacks. We've had recoveries due to crashes of one sort or another. But we've never had a recovery, as we never had a pandemic, to have some kind of a playbook on how to get into it, how to trade through it, and how to come out of it, right? There are so many moving parts. I think we've done an amazing job. If you had looked at, if we had, if we looked at ourselves on March 23rd, 2020, and had this conversation, we would have been sitting here talking about, oh my God, doomsday, the world's come to an end. And yet the market did what it needed to do. It, it shook out a lot of the woolies. It had a lot of fire and brimstone behind it yeah. that got us to where we are. Think about it. The financial crisis 07, 08 took eight years to get back to even. Yeah. This crisis was not only a financial one, but it was a health crisis. We got back to even in August. And I, I, I think one of the things that is causing the, the confusion today, I, I don't want to call it panic, but confusion, bewilderment, is because, you know, last year, everybody and their mother knew why things were happening with the way they were in the market, right? It was, we, we had one cause, it was a pandemic, and it was obvious to everyone, right? Today, like, like you said earlier, there is maybe no one specific reason, and that's probably how it is most of the time. But we're coming off a period where we all knew there was one cause for the market going down, and then there was one cause for the market going back up, right? And it was the Fed. And when there is not that one clear, obvious thing, then I think it throws people off. Do you, would you agree? Well, that's kind of that. My, I guess my term, and that's that's how I that's what yeah. I call the perfect storm. Right. When you've got look, you can have a rainy day, you can have thunderstorms and whatnot. But when things converge, it's that cosmic convergence of multi factors. Right. That throw you off. That when you hit turbulence, right? There's a bumpy flight, and then there's actually running into an electric storm. So when you exactly, and I really appreciate that point, is that we knew what the reason of the sell-off was. It was the pandemic. And we knew what the reason of the with the the market recovery, not the economic recovery, was the Federal Reserve. Well, now all the other things we're back to reality for a minute. We've gone from irrational exuberance to reality. And the reality is the recovery is still an unknown. The virus is still an unknown. The reopening story is still an unknown. Yeah. Our yield curves at 1.26 still leaves us in a quandary how that relates to the inflation story, the jobless claims number, people trying to get back to work, people needing to be paid more to get back to work. How is retail going to handle this? There's so many moving parts on this, Spencer. And yeah. so whatever the market is focusing on is going to be that paradox is which voice is louder in the ears of the investor and or the trader, right? Do we go with fundamentals and look for the long term? Are we've got these 40 million new people, this new generation trading the stock? Are we focusing on the meme stocks for today? Probably not. Are we going to dip into reality on this reopening story and how is it going to affect it? And then interpreting these Fed minutes of yesterday that were a little bit weary because they were talking, they were hedging themselves in a lot of ways. And when the people who can affect the market going up or down start hedging, 
then it kind of probably adds a little fragility to the market in general. And when a market's trading at a high across the board just a mere few hours ago, well, then people who are, you know, what we're seeing differently about this market is that a lot of the big players are a little more nimble, at least from my interpretation and the work that I do to understand what people are doing with their money, the bigger, the bigger investment community. They're a little more nimble. There were hedge funds that got blown up in the in the in the sell-off of March 2020. And then there were hedge funds who got super nimble. They realized we're in trouble here. Let's bail on the bad performers and buy buy what's going to be positive in the pandemic space. Well, if I was running a whole bunch of money that way and I was nimble and able to get in and out of things to protect my investors' money, then I'm going to maybe take a little off the table today and then move on and see where the opportunities lie. And we talk about it. You talk about it with David. You can look at it through the perspective eyes of a day trader, whereas never turn a winning trade into a losing trade. Take profits when you can, not when you have to. Right. right. And that's what causes a 60 point sell off. It's not the end of the world. One and a half percent in the big picture. Yeah. Really nothing. It's just a blip. But I think all that economic information causes uh, anxiety. And a 60 point sell off is just a mere blip of anxiety. I, I love that perspective, and I and I could not agree more. Uh, guys, Peter Tuckman is from Wall Street Global Trading Academy from the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, joins us every uh, Thursday to uh, talk. Give us his thoughts and uh, give us the mood down there. And, and, and I can't uh, express this enough, but between Peter and Mark Chaykin, I mean, our two guests today, you know, these guys have like – 80 years of experience between the two of them. Like they, they've seen it all. They've lived through it all. Right. I mean, the, the, and, and, and I appreciate their perspective on a day like today because it's, it's been so long since we've had it, what feels like any kind of a correction. It's been, you know, really since last year. Right. I mean, since the last 5% fall was what? December is what Callie Cox said on the show yesterday. So, I mean, it, it's it's great to get uh, your pers- perspective, Peter, and on the day like today, especially because it has been just so quiet and just steadily going up and nothing goes up forever. So thank you for the time, Peter Tuckman, and we'll talk to you again next week. Guys, good luck. All right. Um, and I God, I, I, I love what Peter was saying, right? And, and it goes back to like what I always try to, you know, express. And uh, Jim Stock said it in the chat as well as, you know, if you were here last year, if you're here last, last March, last April, I mean, this is, this is like child's play compared to that. Right. Um, but I think a lot of people maybe weren't necessarily here last March, last April. Um, days like today are a reminder of why you need to a know who you are, right. Know what kind of a trader, what kind of investor you are and be, be diversified, right? Some people can wear multiple hats, right? Dennis wears multiple hats. He's, he's a trader. He's an investor. Joel wears multiple hats. He trades, but you know, also does long-term stuff. I don't really wear multiple hats. I really wear one hat, right? I'm really a long-term guy. I do some swing stuff here and there. I'll, I'll make the occasional day trade, but I'm really a longer-term guy, right? Uh, and I, and I understand that about myself and, uh, days like today are are a, a, a argument for being diversified. If all you own is like a couple of stocks or 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 a group of stocks that are in the same industry, the same the same factor, the same you know sector, whatever, they're all high growth tech, what whatever, they're all retail, what whatever. Um, days like today are going to punish you because the overall market might only be down 
one and a half, not even 1.3% right now. But like AMC is getting hammered. ARKK, which, you know, is our proxy for growth tech, is getting hammered. Tesla's getting hammered, right? It's just, it's an argument for being diversified. Um, and and it's easy to forget that because when the markets are going up and you're diversified, you're not hitting a home run, right? You're not going up a thousand percent in your new egg position, right? But it's when it goes down is when that saves you, right? So yes, Will Taylor, I'm, I'm I have to I owe Dennis donuts now. That yes, AMC is going to go below forty this uh, today for sure. Um, and, uh, I will owe Dennis some donuts. Um, but I mean, I, I just, you know, and I understand that it's hard to like, you know, it, it, look, it's hard to preach responsibility when everyone, when, when the market's going up and it's so easy to make money. Right. And everyone sees people on Twitter and Reddit, you know, getting rich off their YOLO calls or, or whatever. And I understand that. Right. It, it, the FOMO is real. I get it. We all we all get it, right? Um, but days like today are 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 why I have a firm belief in ETFs, right? And broad based diversification across the entire market. Okay, um, like I'm not going to lose any sleep over today, right? And I'm I'm sure I'm down, but I'm probably down a lot less than the people that are concentrated in in a couple of stocks. So I don't know, man. Um, that's just sort of how I feel about this. It, it, it's hard. I, I I feel for the people that are down a lot today, I, and, and or the last couple of days or weeks or whatever. I I, I really do. Um, I hope this is a lesson in in knowing what you are, because like like you know, Dennis will never you know get a ten bagger. He'll never make two hundred percent on a trade. Because he'll take his profits, but he'll also never lose two hundred percent ever anywhere close to that. Because he's nimble and he's quick, right? He he'll get in quick and he'll get out quick, right? He'll cut his losses, um, and there is there is some value in that, and that's that's why he's been able to do this for twenty whatever years, twenty one years, twenty two years, you know, whatever, however long he's been doing this for, right? Um, and if you're not nimble, if you can't make quick decisions and get in quick or get out quick, then, then you know that maybe holding individual stocks isn't necessarily for you. Right. Um, that, that's, that, that's, I, 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 I'm not saying I'm an ETF genius, AO life. I, I'm not saying I'm a, I'm not, I'm not a genius at all. I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I'm just saying days like today, like, like, you know, understand what you are, right? Um, we, we we try our best to help you, okay? We try our best to preach responsibility, okay? Um, we always say, don't get into a trade, uh, especially if it's a short-term trade, thinking how much you can win. It's about how much you can lose, okay? If you're down big, I really genuinely am sorry. Um, but the good news is you hopefully learn something from like, like I've lost, we've all lost money, right? Trading, right? I've lost money. Everyone here has lost money trading. Dennis probably loses more than he, more than he wins. But the thing is his losses are small and his winners are bigger, right? The, the key is, 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 is understanding that, right? Um, 
you know, in the grand scheme of things, like Peter just said, we're down 1.3% today in the overall market. The grand scheme of things, that's nothing. Especially if you were here last last March. That was genuinely, genuinely terrifying, right? Um, but I, I, I don't know, like, I don't really know what else to say about it, right? If you are down big, um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope you don't invest money that you can't afford to lose. Okay, I know it's all fun and games when everyone's, you know, print when when Roaring Kitty is printing money and posting about it, how he's not selling and, you know, whatever. Um, but you're not him. I'm not him, right? That guy has, um an unbelievable ability to not take profits when they're, when they're, when they're gifted to him. Right. Um, I, that could have never been me. I, I would have never made that much money because I would have sold my GameStop options way, way before that. Right. Um, so, you know, understand who you are. If you cannot, if you genuinely cannot take it, if you cannot take it, then you should know that maybe individual stocks are not, there's no shame in, in not owning individual stocks. There's no shame in just saying, screw it. I'm going to buy the spy and just set it and forget it. There's no shame in that. That's a perfectly normal thing. Or whatever, VTI, the overall market, right? Every single stock, VTI. There's no shame in that. It's just on, on your, because if you're going to freak out on a, on a, on a, you know, a couple of down days, then I, I don't know what to tell you because we can't just, we can't go up forever. We can't. That's just not how things work. Going down, the market going down does not mean it's being manipulated. I think I, I see that all the time, especially on AMC, right? AMC goes down, people cry manipulation. That's not how the market works. It, things go up and down all the damn time. There's always buyers and sellers, right? Just because it's going down doesn't mean it's being manipulated. That's genuinely, I think, a naive way of looking at the market, okay? Um just you're just crying because it's going down and screaming. Oh, it's the shorts. The, the no, 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 no. There's always buyers and sellers. Things go up and they go down. That's that's why stocks are what they are. They are high risk, high reward. Right. If you want low risk, low reward, own some bonds. Right. Own cash. You want low risk, low reward. Stocks are high risk, high reward for this very reason. Okay. Don't know what else to tell you. All right. Uh, we didn't talk about any other news today. We didn't talk about GAN. They raised their guidance. We didn't talk about Stellantis. They have their EV day today. I think the market is saying, uh, well, first of all, the overall market's down, so Stellantis is maybe moving with that. But the I guess consensus is that Stellantis is behind their peers on the uh, the EV front. Uh, I, t- I saw a game, ticker GAME. Uh, you know, I guess they sued uh, DraftKings. They're trading up this morning. Uh, on the ratings front, we had a big buy in Overstock and Needham, giving it a price target of 150. Uh, it's on their conviction buy list. So OSTK getting that this morning. We didn't really talk about Google being sued uh, for antitrust stuff by uh, a bunch of states. Um, but, you know, one of those days. So, okay, Robert Roy is going to. Can I give examples of what I'm invested in? Sure. I'll, let me show you right now, actually. Let me share my screen and show you right now. This is this is a watch list in Benzinger Pro, but it's a watch list of everything that I own. Okay. Um, it's in alphabetical order. Okay. So don't read too much into that. Um, so uh, how many positions? One, two, three, four, five, 
six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Oh wait, not. I'm sorry, Generac is on here, but I don't. I don't actually own Generac, so so let's let's remove that. Um, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 22 positions, right? 22 positions, but the bottom two, right? VEU and VOO, the bottom two positions are my largest by a mile, right? I've got like, I don't know, 60% of my money in VEU and VOO, okay? The rest of these are all, you know, anywhere from 2% of my portfolio to you know, I, I, I think uh, Disney might be like 8% now. I don't know. Uh, or 7%. I'm not quite sure. But, um, or or like one, some of these are like really like 1%. Some of these are small, right? Um, so I've got a bunch of, I've got a, a mix of ETFs and stocks, right? Actually, I don't know why I, I sold Ford. Let's get Ford out of there. Um, okay. Now that's it. Um, yeah. So I've got how many stocks? One. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten stocks. And how many ETFs do I've got? One, two, three, four, five, I guess like 11, right? Ten stocks, 11 ETFs. And the stocks are all pretty small, right? With the exception of like Disney, um, which I'll never sell. Um, you know, they're all pretty small positions. So... You know, I'm really going to rise and fall with the overall market because I got so much money in, in VOO and VEU. Um, but because all the rest of the stuff is so small, I can take the heat, right? I can take some heat in Airbnb if I if I wanted to. So I'm only it's only going to cost me you know one two percent of my portfolio, whatever. You know, same thing in, the, in all these cannabis stocks that I own. So this is what I own. Just so um, uh, there transparency that this is my portfolio okay robert roy's up now gonna do some live options trading and setups until you you talk about volatility the options market is great on days like today robert roy is an options pro he's going live right now into the open and uh tune in for that so robert roy up now please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes not for investing or trading advice i i hope we were helpful today. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, Vanguard. That's right. Third wave, Vanguard, 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 all the way, all the way, all the way. Okay. Um, they are, they have lower fees on their funds than anybody else. Okay. Uh, thanks so much to Mark Chaikin and to Peter Tuckman and to Joel. Joel. Guys, Joel didn't have internet at his house today. He had to go somewhere else to do the show. He's a trooper. Okay. Guy's a trooper. And he, and he, and he did it for you. And he did it for you. Um, because Ash, sorry, man, not a financial advisor. Okay, uh, okay, I'm wrapping up. Uh, Robert Roy's up now. Everyone, good luck today. Talk to you later. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.